This is KVRX's Evening Coffee. I'm your host, DJ Kronk. And on today's episode, I have the special pleasure of interviewing local Austin artist and or creature. I'm interviewing the lead singer and saxophone player, Caleb, for their new upcoming album, The Living Darkness, which is releasing later this year. So welcome to the show, Caleb. Hello. Howdy. Thank you for having me. So first, uh, because my radio show is called Evening Coffee, I want to ask, what's your go-to coffee beverage? What's your favorite coffee beverage to drink? Oh, I think uh, it's a tie between just oat milk with, uh, I guess, just regular machine, like drip coffee, Mm -hmm. and then oat milk lattes. Okay, that's a good one, yeah. On ice or... Preferably on ice, but I will, on a cold day, not have it on ice. It's not like I have to have it on ice. Nice, nice. All right. So- Something about oat milk. Sorry. No, oat milk's great. <laughs> oat milk's great, yeah. <laughs> I, can go, yeah. I, sh- I can go on tangents so easily. Yeah. It's foolish for me to start here. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So I guess I want to ask uh, right off the bat is, can you tell me about like how Indoor Creature formed for people uh, who aren't aware of you guys yet? Okay, yeah, definitely. It's been like a cool mosaic to watch Indoor Creature grow to what it is today. It definitely started as just a personal, just me in my bedroom. I just moved to Austin and I was just kind of messing around with the idea of singing over songs. And then I met uh, Travis, who's the current drummer at a Japanese restaurant that no longer exists called Bonsai. Great food, missed the place. And, uh, we, we worked as a duo for a couple of years, just kind of trying to figure out sounds that we liked. I, we definitely came into it with like a producer's mentality and then it evolved into a songwriting kind of project as well. Uh, and then we started getting asked to play shows. And at first we were just up like a duo. He was on a drum machine, just finger tapping. He's got this random talent that he, he claims he honed it working the ticket stand at a Cinemark just tearing tickets, waiting for people. He just like pencil tapped and finger tapped and just got really good at it. <laughs> uh, and we did the duo for a while and we were kind of unsatisfied. We'd like videotaped the performance every once in a while and it just never sonically felt like the music we were listening to. And so then we added a bass player and we cycled through a couple different iterations. Eventually it's just bass and guitar uh, with me on the keyboard and Travis still on the drum machine. And then eventually Travis we Terrence, our current guitar player, gets a drum set just gifted to him. Travis gets on the drum set, just picks it up, <laughs> goes from finger tapping to playing the drums. <laughs> and uh, then I meet Marcus at a party uh, at the same time that my old bass player was moving to New York City. And I've known Terrence. He was one of the first people I met in Austin for a while. And he had his own story of moving to Chicago, from Chicago to Austin, back to Chicago, back to Austin. And then eventually I needed I needed a guitar player for a gig and Terrence wanted to play it and it, he just was so good that we were like, you should just do this all the time. Uh, and yeah, then we started trying to go from just a producer project to recording like an actual kind of band. And that's what Living in Darkness, our new album is. And since then we've wanted to make our live experience even like 
more interesting. So we have our friend Mason playing the keys and just pretty much like any auxiliary instrument. Like he might do harmonies or he might play the synthesizer, auxiliary percussion. He's, he's just like an all-around wild card jack of – no, he, he's pretty good at everything. So, yeah. And then my friend Zach, who's just got a great energy. He plays the auxiliary – he plays the bongos and the shaker and does background vocals. And he just has such a great live presence that I, I felt like we had to add him. So that's where we are today, six from one to six and years. You know, what a journey. What a mo- it's, It feels like I'm looking at a tile painting or mm-hmm. something, like a, a mosaic piece. Yeah, dang, that is really cool. One of the things I do want to ask you about, about like your your journey, is one of my favorite things about your band is like your incorporation of these very jazz-inspired, bombastic sort of saxophone riffs. So where did that come from, like incorporating the saxophone into your music? Oh, that was the first instrument I learned how to play. So that was uh, the first instrument I learned how to play. I went to, I'm from Ohio originally, and Cincinnati to be specific, and uh, there's a creative performing arts school there that's 4 through 12. Now it's K through 12, and it's public. You just have to audition to get in, and there's no tuition or anything. And they have a booster club to help people who can't afford instruments. So they're really all about creating like a cool art community. And I got in in fourth grade playing the recorder, and I actually owe my brother a lot for uh, the day that I had to choose from recorder to a woodwind, because that's where I got placed in the art school. My dad really wanted me to play clarinet because it's cheaper and smaller, Mm -hmm. more convenient. And my brother was like, you have the opportunity to play saxophone. You're like nine years old. You have no idea what's going on. But I can tell you, I'm six years older than you, that saxophone is the choice. Don't listen to dad. You have to play saxophone. That is a commandment. And I was thoroughly convinced, like, yeah, it's small, easy to carry clarinet. but yeah, my brother got me to play saxophone. I didn't even really understand what it was. And then, uh, yeah, so I played saxophone, and I have ever since. So. That's cool. That's cool. It's cool to hear that saxophone basically your calling. Um, another thing I also want to talk about, too, is kind of the lyrics of your music. Because you do have these great pop songs that kind of delve into some of the more traditional ideas of them, of like growing up, coming of age. But you also have these very political tracks seen on one of your new recent singles off a new album the american dream so i want to ask why do you choose to kind of combine all these different themes of like personalness to like grand political ideas oh yeah i think when it comes to songwriting for me i'm really trying to write from my brain a lot of lyrics and a lot of ideas kind of come from improvising and babbling so it usually just translates to where I'm at mentally. And I, when I was younger, obviously I'd moved, I'd grown, like moving was such an, I just kind of moved to Austin on a whim. I didn't even know it was like a music city. I was just very hermetic. You know, I was just more interested in like reading Wikipedia. <laughs> and I, it's, it's, I don't have to get into that. It's a whole, that's my whole life. But basically, yeah, I, I, uh, it, that was when I was when my mental state was so long. I was dealing with these ideas of like, oh, why did I leave? Why, like, what what is relation? Like, what are the relationships I've had? And you know, all the abstractions of just growing into the person you are today. And then obviously, I've matured, and now my mind is filled a bit more with like, damn, the world's kind of fucked up, and there's a lot of people hurting. So uh, uh, I just really can't not think about that. So it just translates to the music. You know, there's like, a, a, I feel like there's a few political songs on on living in darkness just because it's hard not to think about it. It's, you want to believe that there's a better world, right? I mean, or at, least, or at least it doesn't have to be like a utopia, but at least we can make some people's lives better in the, in the present. 
and it's just like how how do you it's hard for me not to write about a song because that's what i'm thinking about so much just from living yeah no totally of course i completely get that so i also want to congratulate you on being recently signed by the record machine which is really cool and i want to ask how have things changed if they have changed by being signed by this new label? oh it's it's really awesome just having somebody completely outside of my life austin just like you know and they have a completely different experience of what the music industry is and you know as an artist you always find yourself trying to imagine not always but it's it's easy to try and imagine what it's what like a record company wants or like what does the radio want or what does the listener want there's so many different ways of thinking about it uh of like what they want for music so it's nice to have somebody else to bounce ideas around and uh you know they run ad campaigns and i i just can't it's hard for me to think about those things effectively like I, I just feel like I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't necessarily have the kind of like uh, funds to just recklessly drop on to try and learn advertising. So it's nice having just other people helping and we're getting to make vinyl and that's so cool. I'm, you know, it's, it's just, I feel like something that made me fall in love with music was interacting with the physical objects. I mean, there's so many CDs I had for me that, and that I just thought were so cool. I don't know, looking at the designs, flipping through. So it's really awesome to get to make this album that we worked so long on onto a physical thing that you can hold and touch and, you know, and see the album artwork and, you know, so I'm excited. That's, that's what's changed probably. And they have a festival in Kansas City that they run that we get to play. So if festivals ever come back, because hopefully they do, I think they will eventually yeah of course get to play that so. definitely well that's definitely exciting having your music on vinyl it's definitely really cool uh and now switching over talking about the new album living in darkness i want to ask how much of it was like written during kind of like quarantine how much was written kind of before it what was it like I'm pretty sure everything was written before quarantine uh some things were perfected like parts were perf- definitely perfected in quarantine and mixing definitely all like most of the mixing happened in quarantine for sure but you know we we had finished it i don't i don't want to say we had gotten to like 90 percent probably at like june may or june of last year and uh because we were going to try and finish it and release it last year and go we had a whole west coast tour book to promote it and and yeah so it it doesn't matter it's in the past Mm but uh yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. We had finished it, and we knew we wanted to try to see if any record label wanted to release it, just because if we felt like we needed to make something happen, something different than the last time we released an album, uh, and so we knew we had to finish it pretty. We had to get it to like a place where we were like this is pretty much the album. There might be like a little bit different, uh, like mixing, you know, but not too much different, and so we could send it out to labels. So yeah, we've been sitting on it for a while. It was really exciting. Some of the songs had been done for like over a year it's really exciting to actually get to release it it's a lot of patience <laughs> yeah definitely definitely i guess i want to ask like what inspired the music for this new album i guess if it wasn't like the quarantine kind of like other artists right now what what kind of like the themes of it also just like the sound of it what inspired you for this new album yeah uh so i would say I, I feel I try and reflect and I philosophize amateur philosophy not I'm not talking about like writing essays and stuff just like thinking about why 
things exist a lot. And uh, I kind of feel like I, I've recently had fallen into kind of thinking about pol politics like we were talking about and society as a whole, just kind of asking pretty deep questions uh, about what it is to be a human and trying to deal with the anxiety that some of those questions can bring. I mean, if you get too heady into whether or not you have free will or something, for instance, you know, that can really kind of mess you up for an hour or two hours or even a day. I've known a guy who got messed up by that for months, you know, so, and, so there's a lot of like philosophy. I'm trying to think of a concise thing, you know, the songs were actually kind of written at different times. Um, but I feel like, uh, there's definitely a fair amount talking about the idea of history repeating itself and how there's some truth in that statement, but it's not a hundred percent true because we also live in this kind of chaotic pattern where, you know, things don't repeat. There is an infinity, uh, but there's these similarities in humans. We think categorically and, and we also think hierarchically. So how do those things affect the whole puzzle piece? How is it affecting it move around, you know, as a society? Uh, yeah, I feel like that was a lot and I, I rambled quite a bit. <laughs> no, you're totally good. You're totally good. But that's that's kind of what the darkness is supposed to be. Oh, here's the concise answer. The one-liner, or hopefully one-liner. Uh, uh, the darkness, in absolute truth, what that idea is, is the, the in, inability to know. And how no matter what you do, if you live – where you live, wherever you live, if it's an individual, a family, a community, a, a neighborhood, a city, a society, a state, a society, all that stuff, there's always going to be a degree of things that you don't know. Uh, and unless you're completely by yourself, you're always going to have to rely on other people knowing, potentially knowing things that will impact your survival. And so you're inevitably living in this darkness of knowledge because so much thing, so many things are going on around you, but you have no way of knowing all of the things in or because the scale is so massive. So that's what the living in darkness is about: is accepting that you're that oh, a single person is is just woven into the fabric of humanity. Gotcha. So I guess, like musically, what are you like most excited about this album? Like, what was it like? recording the tracks did anything like shift musically yeah it definitely sounds way more like a live band we had so many electronic elements in a lot of the previous recordings and i still have like a great love for electronic sounds but it's been really fun to actually just have a track that's all stuff we played there's just it's different it's just different because i came from using so much midi now it's really interesting to, to just have stuff that's all played uh, tracks. So it definitely has like a bit more of a loose feel, uh, not in a bad sense, not in like a like oh the the rhythm is loose, as in a sense that it feels more organic. Um, it's definitely louder too. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always that's always good. Um, next, I want to ask. So by the time this airs, this interview airs, there will be a new song just released called. Ocean Blue, I believe is the name, and uh, you'll have a new music video to accompany it. And so I want to ask, what was it like to film the music video? It looks like you guys are out on the beach. Oh, yeah, that was that was honestly a highlight of my life. I mean, just we, we kind of pulled a Kim Kardashian, I guess you could say, and we all like isolated uh, from our COVID pods and then got 
rapid tests and PCR tests uh, to all go to a like a, what are they called? I guess beach house. They're on stilts, a stilted beach house in Galveston with uh, this film company called Pillared Box that my friend Beta started, uh, and the crew got we got the crew their own hotel, and so we could keep everything try and keep everything COVID friendly and. We got super lucky and got out there, and Galveston was surprisingly blue. We were all kind of shocked to see. Got we were like, wow, we I feel like there's like two days a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like it still wasn't like crystal clear blue. Wow, it's an amazing ocean. But it was like this is I've definitely seen a muddy, and uh, yeah, so it was it was great. We I mean we did it all pretty much in like thirty six hours. You know, we we got the camera for a weekend and just kind of went for it. Every hour was we were shooting something until. Sun from Friday to Sunday, uh, but it started Friday night and it ended like Sunday. I don't even think we had to shoot anything on Sunday morning. I think we they they were so efficient and just knew what they wanted and just nailed it. You know that we got pretty much everything on Saturday, which was cool. Awesome, that's great. Yeah. So I guess one of the one of the last questions I want to ask you real fast is I wasn't seeing a release date for the new album. And I want to ask if you could give any hints on when it may come out this year. Yeah. Right now the plan is May. May. Gotcha. Yeah. And I have an idea for the date, but I'm afraid I'm. No, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say it. I'm going to suggest the word. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a puzzle. I'm just going to say one word. You can figure out which number most is most associated with this. I've given it away already. It's savage. So there we go. All right. Awesome. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited about the new album, and I'm really excited about the new video and song. And thank you very much for being on Evening Coffee, Caleb. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled that you wanted to do this. This is really cool. <laughs> I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, you're totally good. I can't wait to hear the album. I can't wait uh, to see you guys perform again when that stuff starts happening. Yeah, we, uh, we have a COVID outdoor show with Fat Tony. When is that? Yeah. Uh, Fat Tony, Far Out Lounge, Christelle Bafale is also playing. Uh, it's it, We're playing first, and then Christelle, then Fat Tony at the Far Out Lounge, March 5th. And then the following night, Christelle and Fat Tony are playing again with Ameril Soul, which you, if you haven't heard of Ameril Soul, Ameril Soul is incredible. Oh, yeah, I love her. And so that's Saturday as well. So it's, it's yeah, we, we decided, I mean, it had been pretty much a year since we had played a show, and I feel like uh, Far Out Lounge has been doing it pretty well with COVID, and we figured out a way to practice uh, safely. So we're going to, you know, we're going to see, we're going to test our, test our, test the waters. Mm-hmm. Well, that's super exciting. I'll definitely, I'll definitely look for that. Um, and just thank you again for coming on. And I'm really, really excited with the new music. Yeah, I'm excited for y'all to hear Ocean Blue. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, see ya. Peace.